evening, Hampton Roads, Virginia, North Carolina, and internet listeners everywhere. Welcome to this episode, this January 29, 2019 episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. You're tuned into WGPL 1350 on your AM dial. I am your host, Bishop Hodges. This is the radio broadcast where we break down and discuss the dynamics of marriage and family relationships. Let there be no doubt about it. God designed and instituted marriage and the family to build society on. Unfortunately, sin entered the picture and warped God's original design. The mission of Marriage and Family Clinic is to restore, build, strengthen, and perfect marriage and family relationships. Welcome to this week's episode. Well, we've come down to the end of January, the first month of this new year. Uh, we've got just a couple of days left. Uh, one month is already in the books. It's just about gone. One thing I've come to realize at my age is that time waits on no one. So I hope you're keeping, uh, keeping up with your New Year's resolutions if you made them. If you were bold enough to make them, I hope you're keeping up with them. But whatever you do, get busy living, get busy loving, forgiving, Get busy moving forward and dismissing the old baggage in your life. Get busy reconciling relationships. And uh, don't keep carrying on the same stuff that you've been doing. It's serving you no real purpose other than to keep you from enjoying the best that God has to offer you down here. I heard Bishop T.D. Jake say on one program, when you, when you hold on to your past, you do so at the expense of your destiny. You ought to ask yourself the question, have I spent enough time, energy, on the issues of my past? You ought to decide it's time to move on because you could wait, you could tarry there, you could continue to carry it, and it'll be nothing but excess baggage to you. All right, let me move on because I could tarry there for a while myself. Tonight I want to continue to talk about corporal punishment. Uh, corporal punishment being one of the tools in your discipline toolbox. Uh, discipline, again, is all about training and leading a child to ultimately be able to understand, to monitor, and control themselves. Discipline is all about leading a child to a place where he can put himself or herself in check. The child has to grow into an adult, into a teenager, who can put themselves in check. And that's what discipline is all about. And discipline includes corporal punishment in its form. Uh, corporal punishment is one type of uh, discipline. And that's what we want to talk about on tonight. Corporal punishment is basically striking a child, hitting a child, or using physical force and physical pain to influence behavior. Uh, corporal punishment also includes using psychological pain to influence behavior. And I, I have to include that, and you may ask, what exactly do I mean by psychological pain? Well, some parents believe it's a good idea and it's okay. Uh, it's an okay form of discipline to have their child stand on the street corner or parade up and down the street in public with a sign around their neck that reads, I stole or I'm a bully or, or something else that announces their offense. Some parents believe that's a good idea. But the question truly is, does corporal punishment add to or take away from a child's ability to understand themselves, to monitor themselves, and to control themselves? 
That's the real question about corporal punishment. And you got to ask yourself that question. As I said on, on last week, we're not going to settle this issue once and for all. And by the time I'm done, we, we probably still have just as many for corporal punishment as are against corporal punishment. But I'll deem myself to be successful if we're able to share some knowledge with you that will increase your wherewithal share some knowledge with you that will give you more information to base your decisions on. And uh, so it really is my goal to help you here. But please understand, you got to ask yourself the question, if you're for corporal punishment, the question is, does it add to or take away from a child's ability to understand, to monitor, to control himself? Does it add to or take away from the child's ability to put himself or herself in check? Now, many of you are for corporal punishment. Many of you are against corporal punishment. No matter which side of the fence you come down on, I think one thing we all can agree on is that some parents go overboard with the physical type of punishment. And, and when you start seeing bruises and welts and black eyes, broken bones and, and those types of injuries, when you begin to see a child is injured, then you've gone too far. Any good sense about the issue will definitely conclude that you've gone too far when you began to uh, see these types of results from the use of corporal punishment. I read an anecdote once that said a lot of children would benefit, would receive great benefit if we were to pat them on the back enough times and low enough. Did you get that? Pat them on the back low enough. And that includes the backside. I used to always say God gave us these meaty derrieres for a purpose. And one of those purposes so that we can apply knowledge to the seat of learning. All right. Um, when it comes to corporal punishment, you got to be careful. And because it is easy to go overboard, you got to be extremely careful. If you use corporal punishment in abundance, and when I say in abundance, when corporal punishment is your mainstay form of discipline, when corporal punishment is your go-to form of discipline, when corporal punishment is the, the, the nearest tool that you have, the first tool, or even the second tool that you pull out of your toolbox, if that's how you use corporal punishment in abundance that way, then you really stand a good chance of helping a child grow with an unhealthy level of aggression in their mind, in their heart. When corporal punishment is used too often, you stand a good chance at teaching a child that physical force is an acceptable way to handle problems, to settle conflict, to uh, resolve differences. When corporal punishment is your mainstay, and especially if you impose corporal punishment out of anger or a loss of control, you definitely do harm to the child. When you use corporal punishment too often in the wrong degree, uh, uh, too strong of a punishment, too severe, too serious, you stand a better chance at increasing the problem behavior rather than reducing the problem behavior. Let me say that again. I want that to be absolutely clear. I don't want there to be any ambiguity about that at all. 
if you do not properly impose corporal punishment, if it's too much, if it's too hard, if it's too in the wrong degree, if it's out of anger, etc., uh, etc., et then you stand a better chance at increasing problem behavior rather than reducing it. Uh, uh, you know, I, I was thinking about this last night as I was preparing for the broadcast today, and I, my mind went back to the lady that I saw on television on the news uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, you may recall three years ago there were riots and chaos in the streets of Baltimore, Maryland, and uh, the news cameras were filming, and, and the cameras caught one mom catching up to her 16-year-old son and smacking him around in the street in public. Uh, the mom was interviewed on the CBS Morning Show. She was interviewed uh, as a result of her newfound celebrity status and, and said that she had told her son the night before, don't you go down there to that area. Don't you get involved. And lo and behold, she gets to the scene herself and she spots her son and she says that they locked eyes from across the street there was some distance between them and they locked eyes she saw her son there and she said when she saw her son with a brick in his hand she just lost it and that's understandable to see your son or your daughter to see your child in a situation acting out like that i can definitely understand just losing it and she took off after her son and began hitting him. She grabbed him by the collar. He jerked away. She began to hit him. She popped him upside the head, etc., etc. You may recall it all. And there at the interview, then Gail King says, that's clearly not the first time you've had that type of interaction with him, is it? And the mom says, no. So what that question and answer meant is that it was obvious that this mom and son were no strangers to corporal punishment. Now this mom was hailed as mom of the year, a caring mom. She was celebrated as a model mom even. Folks on the internet, Facebook, and everywhere else, every other social media platform celebrated her as a model mom. And Lord knows I hate to go against the grain right here. I know I'm probably going to get some feedback tonight. I really, I, I, please understand me and work with me here. But I have to point out a few things. That was in the habit, uh, or she was in the habit of using corporal punishment already. And he still went down there. She made a heartfelt petition to her son the night before. Don't go there. And he still went down there. She gave him explicit instructions not to go to that area. And he still went down there. And with all of her previous disciplinary tactics, with all of the corporal punishment, the instruction that she's imposed in the past, this 16-year-old young man still was not able to monitor himself, to check himself, and fulfill the one responsibility that a child has to a parent, and that is to obey his mother. And now he's on public television being hit and slept around in the street in public by his mother. And I'm really interested in knowing how he really felt about it. Nobody, no one asked him that. Now, I have absolutely no doubt that this mom loves her son and all of her children. She has six children. 
as a single mom, I know she has her hands full. So I have no doubt. And I believe that she would lay down her life for her children. She said herself, she just lost it. She knew her son well enough to warn him not to go. And she had the good mind to go and check anyhow. This was the action of a mom in desperation. Her family situation and many other factors in her life, which we don't have time to discuss, set this situation up. She was desperate to save her son. Now, I can hear many voices saying that to me that I don't know the streets of Baltimore. And that's right. I don't know the streets of Baltimore. But here's what I do know. For the streets of Baltimore and so many other cities and difficult family situations, you better have more than corporal punishment in your disciplinary repertoire. Here is something else I know. If you are still using corporal punishment on a 16-year-old young man, your disciplinary plan went awry and went crooked a long time ago. If corporal punishment were going to work, it would have worked long before that day arrived. If corporal punishment is going to work, it will have worked long before your child turns 16. Please, I don't want anybody to think that I'm putting this woman down. She went down there to get her son. You can't help but commend her for that. She went down there to make sure her children were in safety. I'm saying that the deck was stacked against her. And that's not the case that we ought to use to support corporal punishment. Again, this was a mom in desperation. And the truth of the matter is, too many parents use corporal punishment out of desperation. Well, I know I've said a mouthful here, so let me pause for a moment just for station identification. You are listening to this week's episode of Marriage and Family Clinic here at 1350 on your AM dial. Uh, we're glad you've joined us. Again, I hope that we're able to stir up something and share some good information with you regarding corporal punishment this week. Whatever side you come down on, do me a favor, let me hear from you. If you agree with me, disagree with me, whatever the case may be, do me a favor, let me hear from you. You can email me at cdhodges at hotmail.com. You can find me on Facebook. Uh, Bishop Carl Hodges. You can also go to iTunes and search Bishop Hodges or Bishop Carl Hodges, and you can pull up recordings of our past programs in iTunes. So whatever you do, please let us hear from you. We're so glad to have you, but I just need to hear from you. All right. Listen, again, I want to restate what I just said. Too many parents use corporal punishment out of desperation. They just don't know what else to do or how to do it. And many parents are at their wits ends with their children. They don't understand children's behavior. They're frustrated. They work long hours. There are many single parents as well as dual parent homes. Both of them have their individual and specific challenges. And many parents are just simply doing what was done to them. But none of this makes the case for corporal punishment as a first off option. And none of this really makes the case for corporal punishment as an oft used option. We need to learn more when it comes to disciplining our children. We need to increase the tools in our disciplinary toolbox. 
And unfortunately, some parents are just lazy disciplinarians. Some parents just won't take the time to get better. They resort to the quickest thing available to try and extinguish or reduce or eliminate an undesirable behavior. And the quickest thing available is corporal punishment. And to some, corporal punishment is just a way to enforce their will without consideration of what the child does or without consideration to the child's needs or without consideration what, what uh, continued use of force does to the child. So if you don't get it by now, I'm, I'm not dismissing corporal punishment, but I want to make it abundantly clear. I want to stress more than anything that you need to issue corporal punishment. If that's a tool in your toolbox, you need to issue it with a world of care. And I want to be abundantly clear. I believe the Bible, which is my holy book, directs and permits corporal punishment. Proverbs 23, 13 and 14, don't withhold correction from a child. And if you hit him with the rod, he won't die. And there's the famously misquoted verse from Proverbs 13, 22, 24, excuse me, which says, He that spareth the rod hateth his son. It's not love not to correct the child. You really demonstrate true love for your child when you hold them accountable and correct them for inappropriate behavior. And that accountability and correction sometimes involves corporal punishment. And then the Bible says, he that loveth his son chasteneth him betimes. Yes, the Bible does direct and permit corporal punishment. But the Bible does not give carte blanche authority to hit a child out of anger, out of desperation, or out of ignorance. Let me say that again. When, when parents are just slapping their children around, hitting them with objects, with, with extension cords, with sticks, broomsticks, some of you out there, you know exactly what I mean. When parents are hitting their children in the head, in the face, across the back, and doing those things repeatedly, when parents use that form of discipline and corporal punishment as their first option or their off-use option, they're doing it out of anger, out of desperation, out of ignorance, and that is not what the Bible directs. That is not what the Bible supports. You need to try and balance some of that with some Ephesians 6 and 4. Fathers, don't exasperate your children by coming down hard on them. Take them by the hand and lead them in the way of the master. And I told you several weeks ago that one of the parent's major responsibilities was to take your child by the hand and walk and love them through life, loving them, leading them, guiding them, be an example for them, that they may grow into the adults that, 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 who possess virtue, who possess values, 
who make a, a, a positive contribution to society, who are able to check themselves, who are able to carry on for themselves, who are emotionally mature. But you can't do it if you're using discipline in the wrong form, especially corporal punishment. All right. Somebody may ask you read the I read the scripture. Fathers don't exasperate your children. Somebody may ask the question. What if there's no father in the home? <laughs> exactly. And and uh, well, don't have time to go there. That's a topic for another time. But uh, whatever it is, whatever your situation, whatever your condition, no parent should be in the habit of coming down unnecessarily hard on their children. And if you don't understand what unnecessarily hard means, please talk to somebody. Remember, if you want better children, become better parents. Corporal punishment should be administered out of compassion and not to inflict pain. As a matter of fact, it ought to hurt the parent to have to do it. And that's why some parents say this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. And I didn't understand what that meant until I had to impose corporal punishment on my sons. Now my sons may tell you that they were treated like like field hands or whatever the case may be. Don't ever believe them. Don't ever believe them. Uh, but I understood what it meant to say this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. You feel the pain of corporal punishment because you have a loving relationship. If you can wail on your child and strike your child and not feel pain yourself, something is wrong with the relationship between you and your child. If you are satisfied using your hand to impose pain on your child, if you're content with it, if you don't see it as an absolute necessity for that moment, for that time, and use it sparingly, if you see it as anything else, something is wrong with the relationship between you and your child. And I want to encourage you to remember what I told you a few weeks ago also. Your children or your child they are gifts from God. Treat them as such. Let me illustrate this this way. Let me illustrate it this way. Corporal punishment is like a flare. You shoot up a flare when there's a problem that requires attention. You set up flares when you stop on the roadway and you want to warn vehicles to be careful and go around you. You've got an issue. You're working on it. You're going to get it corrected just as soon as you can. But you set up a flare. The flare lights up just long enough to warn of the problem and the location of the problem. Then you put it out or it goes out. It only lights up briefly and you use it sparingly. You don't use flares every day. There are those times when you do need to get a child's attention after willful disobedience. There's a dynamic that is far more important than the type of punishment you impose. That is this. Parenting works by authority. You use corporal punishment as a flare. It's an indicator that's a problem. I need to get your attention real quickly. We're going to light you up and we're going to issue a degree of corporal punishment that is commensurate with the degree of offense that you committed. Going to light you up briefly and then it's going to go away. We're going to have a talk after that. And we're going to make sure we're still building our loving relationship.
But I want to share something with, with you real briefly. We might get into this again later. I want to share something else with you real briefly, and, and that is this. Parenting works by authority. I told you if you want better children, be a better parent. Take the time to learn to be better. And I want to share something with you here that I think will make some of our moms and dads a little better at what it is they do. Parenting works by authority. And here's the deal with authority. Authority works because you as the parent have the right to be in charge. I don't have the better way to say it, but the bottom line is you have the right to be in charge. Parenting is a duty issued to us by God himself. You have the right. And authority is like an unseen force or an unseen power in the universe. Uh, uh, you know, certain positions in the world have God-ordained authority. And parenting is one of those positions. So get this, when your child grows under you, he grows up, you bring him home from the hospital as an infant. He's used to hearing your voice. He, he becomes accustomed to your voice. He develops a recognition for your authority as you're speaking and as you're exercising authority in his life, beginning with infancy. You're exercising your God-ordained position and responsibility, and that is authority in the life of your child. Authority works. And mom and dad, you have authority. Parenting works by authority. And when you're exercising your authority in your child's life, beginning at infancy, they learn to accept your authority. And authority works because there is a moral component to it. Again, it's something similar to natural law. It's just right to comply with proper authority. When you walk in your authority, mom and dad, and your yay is yay, and your nay is nay, then you hold the moral high ground. Let me say that again. Walk in your authority. Let your yay be yay. Let your nay be nay. You hold the moral high ground, and your authority will work. But I have two warnings for you. These are critical warnings. Number one, don't wait until your child is five or seven or 10 or 11, 12 years old and then decide you're going to impose your authority. You're going to end up resorting to corporal punishment and you're going to put something in the child that you and the child never will be able to get out of the child. That's the first warning. Don't wait too late to start imposing and exercising your authority. It begins in infancy. And the second warning, don't give up your authority. Do not give up the authority that you exercise. And please don't get me wrong. I'm not telling you to be some mean old or ogre walking around the house barking orders all the time like you're some kind of uh, 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 a slave driver. That's not what I'm talking about. Authority is simply letting your yay be yay and your nay be nay walking in what has been ordained for you to exercise. That's your authority. You have it, mom and dad. Exercise it. Exercise it. So, the first warning, don't wait too late to exercise your authority. Second warning, don't give up your authority. What do I mean, don't give up your authority? I'm saying don't lose the moral high ground. Because if you lose the moral high ground, you can't get it back. You can't get it back.
All right. If you lose the moral high ground, you lose your authority. And when you lose the moral high ground through inconsistency and failing to hold your child accountable, again, you'll put something in the child that you spend the rest of your life trying to get back or trying to get out of the child. Again, let me say that plainly. You lose the moral high ground when you're inconsistent in exercising your authority. You fail to hold the child accountable. You lose the moral high ground. When you fail to make disobedience uncomfortable every time, when you're flip-flopping, when your yay is yay sometimes, when your nay is nay sometimes, when that's your pattern, you teach your child that your word doesn't really count. You, in essence, are not telling the truth to your child, and your child will pick up on it. You lose the moral high ground, and in doing so, you lose your authority. And remember this now. You are teaching your children even when you don't mean to be teaching your children. So when you don't keep your word, when you tell your child you got five minutes time out, but it only lasts two minutes, you're teaching your child your word doesn't count. You're being inconsistent. You're giving up your authority. You're losing the moral high ground. When you tell your child you're going without a certain privilege and he gets the privilege anyhow, you're giving up your authority. You're teaching your child your word doesn't count. Be careful. You'll resort to corporal punishment. Hey, listen, I'm out of time for this week. Uh, I wish I had time to tell you more. I hope you got something out of this. Again, you've been listening to Marriage and Family Clinic on 1350 WGPL on your AM dial. Uh, again, get with me, please. Send me some word. Email me at cdhodges at hotmail.com. Look me up on Facebook, Bishop Carl Hodges. Let me hear from you. Let me know that we're doing you some good. This is Marriage and Family Clinic. Remember, you can't have peace until you surrender your life to the Prince of Peace. God bless you. We're out. Thank you.